0: Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Tuesday, January 5th, 2021. Well, when you are a very young child, it can be difficult to tell adults apart because for you as a short little kid, the only thing that's really at your eye level is their legs. And so I bet most of us have some experience from our childhood where we were at a grocery store or we were at church and we came across an adult that was wearing similar pants to our mom or dad. And so we started following them and it took us a while before we looked up and realized that's not my mom or dad. And who knows where we were at that point, we were following somebody that we thought was apparent. We, we thought it was where we were supposed to be, but we weren't actually following the person that we were supposed to. And that's the question I want us to think about today. Who are you following? And we're going to see some examples and some differences and contrasts as we look at God's word together. And we're going to start in the book of Genesis chapters 10 through 12, Genesis 10 through 12. And we start in chapter 10. It kind of gives us a list of descendants from Noah and his three sons. And that can be hard to track, but notice that these really become nations and and these scatter all over the world and really become the nations of the world. But we see in chapter 11, this story of the Tower of Babel. And again, I think we need to ask the question, who are you following? Because they want to come in and they want to build a tower up to heavens and make a name for themselves. Lest we be dispersed over the whole earth. Well, what had God told them to do? God had told them to be fruitful and multiply. They weren't listening to God. And so we see God come in and step in and make sure that what he wants to happen happens as he confuses their language. But what I really want us to focus in are some contrasts we're going to see in chapter 12. Chapter 12, we read about Abram, who will become come to be known as Abraham, and we read about his call uh, really to go and to follow God into the promised land. In Genesis 12, starting in verse one, it says, "'Now the Lord said to Abram, "'Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing.'" I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed so Abram went as the Lord had told him and we know in from Hebrews 11 that this is an incredible act of faith That Abraham makes here. He follows God. He leaves his home. He leaves his country. He leaves what he knows to go to a land that he has never seen, that he has never been in, all because God has made him a promise. Abraham listens to the voice of God and follows. And this is a great victory of faith. But then later in the chapter, we read that there is a famine in the promised land, and we read about Abram going down to Egypt to sojourn there, and we read this whole story of him instructing Sarah to say that uh, she is his sister, because he doesn't want them to, to kill him and, and steal his wife, because she was apparently so beautiful, and so they carry this out, and God really steps in to protect Um To protect Sarah, to protect Abram, because she was taken into his house. But it says that the Lord afflicted Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. So Pharaoh called Abram and said, what is this you have done to me? Why did you not tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she was my sister? And eventually he gets sent away and... Uh, You know, Pharaoh doesn't seem very happy and God steps in and protects. Now, how do we understand that? Is that God protecting Abraham and Abraham doing the best he could? I think this is a misstep for Abram. And what I want you to notice is Abraham makes two journeys. One, he goes to Canaan to the promised land at the direction of God. But the second he journeys from the promised land to Egypt. And one thing you will notice that is missing in the story here in Genesis is any mention of God telling Abraham to do this, to go to Egypt, or any mention of Abraham seeking God's direction as to what he should do. And I think we're going to see some contrast in Abraham's life of times where he is listening to the voice of God and seeking him and times where Abraham is just doing his own thing. Um, and that's where we have to ask the question, who are we following? Are we actually listening to God and following Him, or are we just listening to our own ideas, and hey, we're going to go to Egypt because we think that's better, and well, hey, you tell him you're my sister because that'll save me, coming up with our own best ideas. Are you going to listen to God, or are you going to listen Yourself? Who are you following? And I found it interesting that we read this story of Abraham going to Egypt with no mention of God telling him to, no mention of him seeking God. And then on the same day, we open up to Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 through 23. And there we see Joseph being warned by God to go and to flee to Egypt. So we read about two different trips to Egypt today. The the difference is, one, what was a command of God, and the other one, we have no record of that, and it seems to be... Abraham's best idea, where where Joseph is going at God's direction. And again, that must have been an act of faith for Joseph, right? He he doesn't know of this plot of Herod. I mean, that must have been a a tough journey for them to make with a a young child, a young baby uh, to go to Egypt. I mean, think about yourselves. We have airplanes, we have cars with air conditioning, and many of you, you don't want to take your newborn child anywhere uh, because it's difficult to travel. Well, they're going to make a much more arduous journey 2000 years ago to the land of Egypt, all because God told them to. So I want you to think about your life today and maybe some of the decisions that you have in front of you or some of the decisions that you're making. And I want you to stop and check yourself. Who am I following? Am I really listening to God or am I just following my own ideas? And as you think about that, what we can look at some other things that we gather from scripture is how should we make decisions? And one is, well, first and foremost, we need to lean on God's word. As we make decisions, are we consulting God's word to see if he has anything to say about it? And we know that there's some decisions you're going to have to make, like, well, what job should I have? Or what, what, how should I do? Or some situation where there's no direct uh, instruction in the scriptures, but that's when it's good for us to seek God Uh, Even think of James, it tells us if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask and that we should be leaning on God by praying. And when we have decisions to make, when we're unsure of what to do, lifting it up to God and looking to him for leadership. We also see another thing just throughout scripture is the importance of wise and godly counsel, that they can help us discern what is right and what is best. And even I think God does sometimes work on our hearts. He gives us desires. And talking about it with other faithful, godly Christians can help us, I think, discern when those desires are just our best ideas or when those desires are really something that God has put on our hearts for a purpose. So I don't know what decisions you may be facing. I don't know what things you might be going through today. But I want to encourage you to ask yourself, who are you following? And that you would seek God through his word, that you would seek God through prayer, that you would seek godly counsel to make sure you're following his leadership and not just your own ideas. Well, we also have a couple other passages to look at today, and let's start in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. And Acts chapter 2 is an exciting time. It happens on the day of of Pentecost, and really it's the coming of the Holy Spirit. And now we're going to see... Uh, Things radically change. We're going to go from the disciples kind of hiding away in upper rooms to themselves just in prayer to them preaching boldly in public, in the temple, and really all over the world. And the world is going to get turned upside down. But what we see here in this initial day is this miraculous event. As they're together in one place, there's this mighty rushing wind and tongues of fire appear on them and they speak in tongues. And we clearly see, I think, as it is explained, that them speaking in tongues was them speaking in other languages. And these were real languages. And we see that because it mentions people from all over, from different countries, hearing the disciples, the apostles talk in their own language. So the disciples are are talking in languages they've never studied, never learned, and there's people there in the crowd that are hearing it, that are understanding it, and recognizing it. And and we need to understand this was a miraculous sign uh, to affirm what what the disciples are about to say, what Peter is about to preach. It is backed up by a miraculous sign, and God is gonna use it in some amazing ways. So we're gonna get into uh, what Peter then goes on to say and to preach, we're going to see the response to that, but it starts with the Holy Spirit coming. And we need to understand all that we're going to see happen in the book of Acts cannot happen without the Holy Spirit. That really turns the page here. And it's a good reminder for us that we will not be fruitful in ministry without the power of the Holy Spirit. But I think if we were to step away from this passage and look at At what the New Testament teaches about the Spirit, we would understand if you are a believer in Christ, we have the Spirit. And we should go forth with confidence and in power, trusting that the Holy Spirit is going to use His Word, is going to do great things, even in our own time and in our own day, to accomplish a mission of making disciples, to help them accomplish the mission that Christ had given them to be His witnesses. And we'll get more into that and what that looked like later in Acts chapter 2. We wrap up today with Psalm three. Psalm three, um, and in this context, it is David, and it, it specifically says that when he it's when he is fleeing from Absalom. And I want you to think: if you were on the run uh, from one of your sons trying to kill you, trying to take the kingdom from you, um, how well would you be sleeping? Uh, you, you think that would be easy? Uh, but we see. David here uh, talk about where he finds comfort, even though there's so many foes, so much opposition in verse three, he says, but you, O Lord are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord and he answered me from his holy hill. I lay down and slept. I woke again for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. David can can sleep and he can be safe because he is trusting in God. And I certainly hope that as you're listening to this, none of your sons are trying to kill you. But you may in some ways feel surrounded today, surrounded by conflict, surrounded even by enemies. But where you can find trust and where you can find hope is from taking refuge in your shield, God, your glory and the lifter of your head. And may we all look to him and may we all lean on him, look to him and his word and lift up our voice in prayer to him, to seek him, to make sure that we are following this shield, this uh, glory, this lifter of our head. And we want to follow him today. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.